Here's the deal. No, they're good for baby. I'm not yucking anyone's yum. Theory of Theory. That's the Theory of the Universe with Jane Rundquist, Ben Ross Domley, and Allie Taylor. Oh, yeah. Smirking, self-satisfied Caucasian males. And a female. I don't know, Philly, like I did Baltimore. Just give it time and wait. I made some good tips. The guy gave me five bucks. He may have thought that we were homeless. All right, guys. Time for an improv game, okay? So, okay. Billy Button, Ben go. Orifices. <laughs> Ew. Allie go. Ew. 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 Okay. Ew. This flute solo. Are you starting it right now? Oh, yeah. We're rolling, baby. <laughs> orifices. We're rolling, poly First thing, they, one of the first words they heard was orifices. <laughs> Great. I think plural, it's actually orify. Maybe. Probably. Oh, God. Just turn this off. <laughs> I was supposed to open with a different album, but nope. whatever. Nope. I That's Sunrise cool. Skater Kids. <laughs> Sunrise Skater Kids. I'm a big fan of Jared Alonso. The actually. album He's is called Friendville. You should listen to it because it is actually it. fantastic. <laughs> and I'm burping already. All right. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> this is Theory of the Universe. Uh, ben Rostomoli here. Feeling pretty good. Uh, we're starting pretty late tonight. But this is, okay. yeah, it's it's the late recording. It's the latest. This is the late shift. So things are going to get really weird. Across uh, me as usual. I, you know what? Over May, over the month of May, James Lundquist. I'll tell you, I uh, not only got a concussion, but <laughs> now you got like kind of a concussion, and I, I made I it got, worse. I got a what? I threw the hacky sack. At yeah, and then you hit week. me in the head with that. But I got almost a concussion. But on top of that, I also was uh, pulled over, and I almost I almost went to jail. So that was pretty fun. A, a little quick. How'd you almost get to? Well, hang on. We'll get to that. Sure. Uh, who, who, sitting to my left. I almost asked, who's sitting to my left? Like, <laughs> I, sitting like my a listener's going to reply. Are you? What am I? I? I expect to like say that one day, and we'll sit here for like 45 minutes. Yeah. Just <laughs> debate. Wait a second. Oh, wait, wait for the uh, listeners. Oh, anyway, uh, to my left, as usual, is the death worker. It is I, Allie Kalert. Allie Klingon. Yes, Latu that. Latu Nipto. <laughs> How are you I doing? was trying to understand that as English for about an eighth of a second when that... It's Klingon. It it's is not the, English. It is the language. It's the language of Klingon. Dach nach. That means to be or not to be. I know that because it was in a Star Trek movie. I almost said Star Wars, and people would have gotten really mad. All right. <laughs> Wait, yeah. So alien, so, aliens quote uh, Shakespeare. Yeah, it's a whole thing, man. Interesting. <laughs> it's a whole thing. On it's it's one of the movies that they put out for Star Trek. It was the Undiscovered Country. I'm a huge nerd. Hi. This is great. <laughs> This is fun. Star Trek, I'm, I'm sorry. So I'm a big Star Wars fan, but Star Trek is like the lowest form of just being a futureless loser. Oh, I can just no. really Don't hate of. on Star Trek. It's great. It's it's not even like, you don't even get the politics of Star Wars. It's literally just like, oh, uh, uh, well, I, I think that I, well, I, I got Beam my dry cleaning done. And, uh, I was going to say, uh, are there uh, politics I, in I Star Wars? I believe I just shit my pants. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to have you come upstairs <laughs> now. Oh, beam me up. Oh, beam me up some fresh underwear as well. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't think you've ever. I don't think you've ever seen an episode. <laughs> well then, um, I don't even know how to rebut that because, oh, Scotty, you need to rebut me because you forgot it with the phasers. Oh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> lowest common denominator here. All right, <laughs> so, uh, so hang on. Now that we've introduced Allie, tell us your story. How did you almost get arrested? Well, I, to, to put it short, because it's kind of a long story. But this, uh, <laughs> I was, I was, I was at work and I was doing a, a parts run, and I was using our shop truck, right? I forgot my wallet in my car, which is, uh, you know, 
It happens. It happens. Not normally, but it happens. So I didn't have my driver's license on me. Basically, I saw lights behind me. I thought they were for somebody else. Turns out they weren't. The cop uh, pulls me over, screams at me for about well, approximately hang on, hang 10 on. minutes. Before you get that far, they were in front of you at first. You got up they were in front of me at first, yes. With yeah. their lights on. So With that, their lights on. So that is... That makes sense. I think that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. So I thought they were for somebody else, and then he got on my butt and then turned on the, uh, the, Siren. the sirens. And... Um, so I pull over, whatever. He gets, and he just starts screaming at me. And I'm like, oh, crap. I, did, I genuinely did not think that those were for me, uh, which was false. And then I had another cop come up and accuse me of driving uh, at the exact opposite direction that I was going, saying that I was in a speeding. Truck that you stole. In a truck that I stole, accusing me of running drugs, saying that I was speeding, and that he had me on camera. And that's not even the worst. The worst part is... They called you fat. They called me <laughs> fat. The worst part about it. Okay, so d- before we get there, so they're grilling me and being like, oh, well, you, just, you forgot your wallet. How are you going to go get these parts? I'm like, well, we have an account with this parts dealer, okay? They, they not, actually know me. Like, they as know a me. Like, it's, it's, not, it's not that foreign of an idea to think that there's another way to do this, okay? But all that set aside, he gets my information from the state. He gets my picture on his, uh, <laughs> on his computer. He walks up with a printout of... My face goes to the cop next to me because, oh, believe me, they called for backup because he thought I was trying to run from him and goes, yeah, it's him. I mean, plus a beard and a few pounds, but it's him. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, dude, what a weird way to kick me while I'm down. Like, yeah. I'm not sensitive about that stuff. I don't give a crap. You know what? Well, this is like your soda's good food. I don't care. But like to just be like, here's a ticket. Also, you fat ass. Uh, you should probably <laughs> how are you, shave. How are, like, you re- you, dude. how are you supposed to even retort that? I mean, the donut jokes are just all used up. I know he looked yeah. like a fat drill sergeant from like a an fat 80s gunny? movie. Yeah, a fat you say? gunny. He was gunny. <laughs> he looked like a fat gunny. He sounded and looked like. That. And you know what? So I pulled his pants down and slapped him in his ass until he <laughs> ran away. Okay, that's how I resolved that. You know, yesterday, uh, Friday was National Donut Day. You yeah, have made I know that. You want to know how yes. I know that? Because I, sorry, I, I, you got excited. I got excited. Um, how do you know this? I know this because I ordered pizza from Papa John's, <laughs> right? <laughs> Papa John's is like, hey, hey, like, turns out you ordered pizza today. We're gonna give you some of these cinnamon donut holes. And I'm like, score, fatty's got to eat, you know. <laughs> and I brought it home, and I was so excited, and I gave Laura one, and they were like these, these. They were like freshly grilled donut holes. I was so excited yep. to pop them in my mouth. And then they squirted out <laughs> a substance as I ate them. And there is nothing <laughs> that makes me more upset than, than an unexpected, unexpected squirting. squirting in my mouth. Yeah, I know. A tap I, on the shoulder or the top of yeah, the head. Some sort of warning. Don't go filling my donuts without my permission. And don't go filling my mouth with squirt without telling me. Without first. my consent. That's all yes. I gotta say. I feel like I'm crystal clear as to what I'm talking about. Not even about. in my mouth, on I, me. I don't want anything to squirt on me without my permission. Speaking of being mad, I also realized I was playing a game the other day. I, I just, I just, uh, this is God. this is not talking about squirting things anymore. I'm talking about my temper. What game was this? That Asian porn no. game that you were playing a little while ago? I was. I, I bought this game called Fury. F U R I. Are you sure it's not furry? Shut up. And it's this, it's this fighting game. Hey. It's really, really difficult, and I get it's like one of those games that makes you want to rage quit, right? And I, I actually do have a temper. Like I don't, yes. let it, it doesn't happen <laughs> that often. It's only Nintendo for me. But I, I actually do have a temper, and um, it comes out in these games, and I say things that I can't remember. I kind of black out. And uh, <laughs> I was playing on my couch, and I tend to do things when I'm in rage that I, I just don't even think about you, what I'm you doing. Try to shove the so, remote uh, up so, your uh, ass. So I, so, <laughs> so <laughs> one kid. No, not like that one kid. So I was sitting on my couch. There was no one else sitting there, obviously, and. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, because I'm alone. <laughs> it's 
sad. Um, so I sad. lose and I freak out. I set my controller down nicely because I won't damage anything. <laughs> and then I take my fish and I just start beating the cushion next to me to release my angst. And then I go back to my controller and then for some reason I snapped like it snaps too. Then I'm like, oh my god, I own cats. What if there was a cat? <laughs> and all I can imagine in my mind's eye was like. <laughs> Uh, all I can imagine in my mind's eye is nothing but like pause and just like this pulp. And I'm just like, and I do traumatize myself because I'm like, I need to control this oh shit. Oh my God. And speaking of crazy cats, so it was my cousin's birthday today. Happy birthday, Taylor. You're not going to listen to this. Please don't listen to this. But uh, so I, I <laughs> they need somebody to, to house it for them. They have this cat that I'm convinced is like, possessed by baphomet <laughs> because this cat i'll it's tell you what's it called what's the name baphomet oh, oh no, 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 the, no the cat's name was piper. piper everyone names their cat piper anyway and so piper for whatever reason whenever you get anywhere near the cat it just kind of goes <laughs> release me it's no it's insane it makes like these demonic sounds and I didn't do anything. Like, just anybody goes by the cat. But I remember I was there for Thanksgiving this past year, right? And I just, I'm like, oh, hey, hi, cat. I'm allergic to you, but whatever. And I start, like, moving towards it. It's like, <laughs> it's like the sound that the trees make in the Evil Dead. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, God. Ben, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a new belgium fat tire new belgium fat tire i'm saying it with better enunciation excellent all right Allie, what do you have i have norseman distillery gin and tonic wonderful i'm sticking with the, the summer classic line and cool summer shandy listeners theorists out there if you were doing a medical experiment on a human being and you're not allowed to use anesthesia crack a cold one but don't <laughs> let them have any yeah no don't Cheers. share Yes. Cheers to that. Unit 731 style. Speaking of alcohol, uh, we had to make a quick run to Guitar Center for this podcast, and <laughs> Allie left her gin out in the open on my on my kitchen t- kitchen table. Table. Um, and, uh, <laughs> kitchen, 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 kitchen table, table. table. I say kitchen because this is not a kitchen. I say table twice because this is not actually, I don't consider this a table. This uh, is just a horizontal is, surface with four uh, legs. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what? long story short. Horizontal surface with four legs. I, okay. L- long story short, uh, I came back. My cats were wasted. They were so not nice. wasted. They, they were, were so just they were swearing around and they were doing the thing that James was talking about. Them. I mean, I did come here last week and there was cat barf everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do that. They get turned. <laughs> I hate that. I, can I say Finna in this episode? <laughs> if you say Finna, I'm going to punch you in the tooth. I don't think this is the right episode for that. Today, we have, we're doing an, uh, a topic that I'm very excited about. We're talking about the history of recorded sound. It's something I've really wanted to talk about for a while because, frankly, I think recorded sound is witchcraft? short of magic. <laughs> Just short. at the same time. Nice. Yeah. yeah, witchcraft. Just short of magic. Honestly. I'm honestly. a wizard, Ben. <laughs> I'm a wizard. I hope that was captured on audio. Swish and flick. I just had the grossest. Swish, grossest. swish, bish. I just had the grossest. Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> I... I hate everything about that. Expectro Pahonum. Is this like Harry Potter's in a porno? Or what is this? Avodica Hot Bra. <laughs> Those are all the spells that I know from that show. That is it. And I'm surprised that you can even rip these oh, off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'm awesome, Mom. Thank you for making me cool. So, this has been Theory of the Universe. And I'm we're James Lundquist. You can follow me at Ben Rostomley, likes boys at gmail.com. <laughs> Anyway, so the history of recorded sound. History of recorded sound is something I wanted to talk about for a while. It's an incredibly uh, dense episode compared to the last ones, but I didn't burp. 
I wanted to, and That's I did good. that. I'm glad for you and for our listeners. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're, uh, it's incredibly dense material. Check it out yourself. It's really interesting. And like I said before, it's, it's magic to me. But uh, to break it up easier for you, we actually, I, I did some research, and I'm breaking it up into four eras. Um, essentially, <laughs> starting at the... <laughs> Starting in 1877 to 1925, that's the acoustic era. 1925 to 1945, that's the electrical era. 1945 to 1975 is the magnetic era. And 1975 on is the digital era. We'll touch on all of these things as we go. Um, is there anything any of you need to say before we dive in? Hold on to your butts. What, year, what years were the uh, mag mag magnetic magnetic eras again? 1945 to 1975. Okay, so heavy metal wasn't out yet, so everybody was safe because they. I wouldn't swear, get, like, I was waiting for you to be like 1975. I hardly know, you know. Like, what? 19. Yes. 1975. I hardly know her. Wow. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you kill humor. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was a call back to a dumb joke that I made 18 times, multiple 18 episodes times. Ago. And if I could speak English, it would have been funny, but yeah. you go and there's the, there's the girl and there she is. <laughs> I've had two beers and another drinky poo. <laughs> there you go. I am the liquor rand. All right. So why don't you give us like an introduction to it, Ben? Yeah. So my name is Ben Ross. Tell me this theory. That, oh, I'm, just I'm James Lundquist. You can follow <laughs> me at guys like boats at gmail dot, <laughs> dot bomb. <laughs> All right, seriously, we're going to uh, dive in now. All right, so we're going to start with the acoustic era of recording, and this is where I feel like the true engineer ingenuity of the human spirit is like on full display, bro. So, okay, uh, we start out in 1857. Yep. Uh, there was this French printer bookseller. His name was Edouard Léon-Scott de Montinville. And he created this alongside his friend Baguette Wine Cheese. Yes. <laughs> cool. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, he does have Bay Martinville. Is that where he's from? I mean, names are so elegant back of then. Of Martinville is and technically so, like, what it's that his means. Friend, so. like, my name is Bobby Dave. <laughs> the daughter Albany. My name is like, Bobby Don Winchester Tunfieldville, Iowa. <laughs> Day, the field in the back there. That's where. Anyway, um, Chester Von Outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the old days. <laughs> he created something. He created something called the, and this is hard for me to say, but it's photograph. So photograph. <laughs> I hate this word. Photograph makes yes. me sound like I'm saying something bad with graph the on photograph. it. The photograph. <laughs> a call back to the league. A great television show. It, it is horrible. a great. It is a great and horrible television show. <laughs> this happened in 1857. Now, those of you that are actually listening are like, but Ben, you said the acoustic era is 1877. That's correct. This is not. This is not the same thing. This is just the first time that a sound wave was transcribed onto some other medium like paper. Right. So it was the first time that we had vibrations of sound put on a medium. Um, but it wasn't playback. There was It wasn't reversible or anything like that. It was just that we had a visual representation of what sound looked like. It's like if you screamed out a piece of paper and framed it as art, essentially. Yeah, except I'm sure that, someone's but, done well, that. Much more technically, whatever, yeah. but yes. I think that's pretty amazing, though, to be able to make that jump to oh, visualize yeah. something that can't be seen. Well, I mean, you have to like, fundamentally know how sound works. I almost burped and I kept it inside. You have to fundamentally know right. how sound and the physics of sound work. Um, and that's something I don't even know all the time. Ever. Well, everything is... I don't know physics. I bombed physics. There you go. So did I. I, I took algebra 2A twice, okay? like. But with that said, mm. all sound is vibration. Mm -hmm. true. Just to get that out there this early in the episode, all sound is vibration. And that's something that you need to just remember throughout this if you don't already know that. Even us talking right now, if I say a word but I hold it out like, uh, amazing, uh, astounding, that's still a note. 
So all True. sounds it's that just, you hear, it's still a vibration. It's, yes, it's true. yeah. It's and when I go to the, like dancing and clubs and stuff like that, and I say like, "Hey, like I'm making good sound," no, and I'm like dance. I never get any. Just got anyway, away from you. No one likes me. Monkey okay, do better. So. Hey, we need to go. This party sucks. <laughs> what is line? What are pens? What is <laughs> hi Mark? <laughs> oh, hi Mark. Anyway, um, there was so like I said, Edward, Leon, Scott, Dave Martinville had the first visual representation of sound. Yep. Uh, that's amazing in and of itself. We get to 1877, where I said the acoustic era actually starts, and we have Charles Cross, who found this guy and his photograph. You yep. got it! Yay! And figured out a way to reverse it. Figured out a way to engrave these waves into something and then play back. He did that, ver uh, he did that using uh, photo engraving to create a groove. And we use grooves like that to this day in vinyl record. Granted, mm -hmm. it's a little bit different, but still, the fundamental right, the, is the same. Like yeah. We discovered that back then. We're still using it today. It's kind of amazing. Um, and then, so he, Charles Cross created the groove. Emil Berlinger photo mean, engraved that groove into metal. You mean groove like James Brown kind of groove, right? Like, ow! Yeah! That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Okay, nice. You gotta have the groove. Yeah. Yeah, no, um... No, not not that at oh, all. Actually, okay. It's no just mind. like it's just like engraving like little divots into a medium, and then the needle drags on them, and it makes a sound. Interesting. Right? Okay. Um. So, Emil Berlinger, photo engraved that to metal, right? Okay. Found a way because we were doing this on different mediums that were that didn't have a lot of whole lot of like staying power. You can only right. play them so many times, and then it wore out because you're dragging a needle on this stuff the whole time, right? Yeah. And it's so weird. Yeah. all right. So then we finally get to Thomas Edison, who is credited with the first invention of the first phonograph. Uh, Thomas Edison is also a, uh, a patent whore. So he's the Gene he's Simmons, Simmons of the 1800s. Of the 1800s. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah. He, he has many patents. He essentially worked from project to project to project, got bored, and moved to another thing. That's how he was. And for some reason, in my mind, he has a Russian accent. It's like me when I get a flight of beer. You know, I just can't drink one. No, I, I, have, to try I, have, to, I have to keep going try all. on all of them. He was obviously a genius. I don't have... Any intellect like that. Well, let's don't get crazy here. I have no intellect. <laughs> <laughs> no, I Just mean, I mean he might have been smart, but can he do this? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Maybe I never met him, but he signed the Declaration of Independence, right? Yeah, and I think he also fought in the Battle of the Bulge and several other battles. Okay. Cool. Like, he invented... Like eventually, he lived for like 150 years and he fought in several wars through the cybernetic yeah. enhancements. Yeah, his they robot made to himself. arm. He was horrifying when he died. Yeah. He was more um, machine than I think man. He was born in Ohio. Actually, he was the inspiration for Darth Vader. <laughs> he might be still alive today. Um. Anyway, Thomas Edison invented the phonograph. That was a tin foil, tin foil vertical cylinder that was manually turned. Right. Yep. Uh. So you had a needle. You yep. recorded something. Uh, you had you had your horn set up to capture the sound that flowed through a diaphragm or essentially a man-made eardrum, as yep. I like to call it, which turned, which took those waves and put it onto a stylus or a needle, which then wrote in those grooves into the tinfoil. That's that works. That's the diaphragm works. turned the audio into a vibration. Yep, is that it's, where your eardrum went? <laughs> Yes. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thomas Edison stole in the middle of the yeah. night. He stole my eardrum, and that's <laughs> why I don't hear on my right side yeah. anymore. <laughs> it was horrifying. Um, no, it's Give me eardrum here, Vokla. <laughs> why does he have a Russian accent? I don't know why. I I you bored. said it, now I can only hear it. I am bored now. Give me eardrum. Give me eardrum here, Vokla. You have. <laughs> um, still. Um, yeah, if you if ever get confused about any of this stuff, it is essentially replica it's essentially replicating the eardrum. That's where all this started. Uh, honestly, uh, okay. the the first apparatus by that by that Martin dude 
or Edward. Yeah, <laughs> Edward Martin. de Martinville. Martinville, of dude. Martin of Martinville. That dude wanted to replicate the eardrum, and that's what he did. And most okay. of the things that we use today still replicate those processes. Just oh, like the microphones that we use right now, too. Absolutely, kind of, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's much more similar than you think. Because we're technically still, especially with the microphones that we use for this show, uh, are still 50s technology, but they just sound so nice and yeah. warm and creamy for you, creamy. dear listener, for you. <laughs> anyway, the Thomas Edison phonograph was, uh, you know, I'm saying all these things like it's magical and it's a huge ingenuity, that's not the word, a huge display of ingenuity, right? But here's what it actually sounded like. It kind of leaves a lot to be desired. Still a huge scientific breakthrough, but I want you to hear what it actually sounds like. This is a demonstration founded on YouTube of the Edison 1878 tinfoil phonograph first recording. So here's how that sounds. When I start. <laughs> This was a hit single that year. <laughs> it's called Woo 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 Woo. Oh now, my god. It sounds like two Sasquatches doing it. And first. <laughs> or that cat that I'm supposed to freaking babysit. You've just ruined I'm sorry. Everything. <laughs> The way that Sasquatches demonstrate love for each other is a beautiful thing. It starts as a foot stomping, and then it's a song that goes, Oh, 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 Actually, and there's um, sure. yeah, yeah, and uh, not porn stars, not the same thing. Not the same thing. <laughs> One time, I remember just a quick sidebar here. I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, we were, she was like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I was watching TV, and there was this show on True TV card called Hardcore Pawn. Autocorrect said, "I'm watching hardcore porn, <laughs> and I had a lot of explaining to do. We don't talk anymore." <laughs> oh my goodness! I was also like 15, so it's whatever. But yeah. <laughs> So I'm just real open about it from a young age when people are less accepting yikes, about those things. Yikes. Um, but <laughs> no, I, I, I'm pretty sure even now you get a lot of dead air. With people yes, that no, I understand that. But people that know me would be like, he's either trying to be funny or he's just covering his ass drunk. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, the original recording is super. It's really creepy because the, uh, the like the, the the frequency response that they had was much different than you get now. So you get like. Yeah, yeah it, it didn't have the uh, same, I don't know, it, maybe it was the media, maybe it was the tinfoil itself, but right. it didn't have the same uh, range of frequencies that obviously we, we hear now. And I'll talk more about that, actually. That's really important uh, and yeah. how it shapes the culture of music and how we shape the culture of recording in the 1920s, right. but I'll get there. Um, all right, so Thomas Edison, phonograph, showed you that demonstration. He got bored, as he did. Handed and went on to his next thing. Right. Uh, we don't hear from Edison for a while. So, oh, did I make enough noise with my? You're done. <laughs> yeah. No, we're we're great. Yeah. Okay. So then we... it was even better when you just like made it so I couldn't edit that out by just making a point to talk about it. So that's great. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. All right. Uh, then we go to uh, Alexander Graham Bell and uh, try the lesser known for obvious reasons, Charles Tainter. <laughs> I'm sorry. What is his last name? Charles Tainter. He changed it from Christy Gooch, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> or Billy Taint. <laughs> yeah, this is the year of the universe. He was a male we're prostitute. All, we're all 12. His dad was <laughs> Gaylord Tainter. 
I don't even want you to talk about my daddy's middle name because <laughs> Gaylord sucks tainter. It's not an ideal name. His parents wanted him to die at a young age, and so we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> anyway, my name is what is it? What is it? Chris Tainter. Charles. Charles Tainter. We did seem to kind of lose the elegance of our names around uh, 1910. We just stopped trying. So, uh, Alexander my Graham. Name, <laughs> my name is Christy Gaper. Oh, oh no! my God. <laughs> Well, we are done with this. Um, <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell, Gunder. with the help of Charles, who must not be named, <laughs> converted <laughs> Charles Voldemort. They they heard the they heard the recording on the tin foil, and they didn't <sighs> like the tinny high frequency quality. They changed it to wax. Yeah. Um, they changed a few things actually. It was good for Charles Painter, <laughs> so he could get a nice wax. I bet <laughs> so it was nice and clean. Rip. My face hurts. Are you done? <laughs> yes, I'm done. I'm sorry. Hold on, oh, I'm sorry. Oh my goodness. Tainter. Now I'm done. <laughs> Thank you. All right, all right, good. Um, converted oh. the tinfoil medium to wax. They conf- they, uh, they they changed a few things, actually, because they had to get around the patents that Edison put on his own phonograph. So th- instead of the machine working around the cylinder, they actually made it so that the cylinder rotated and the machine was... Uh, the machine was... Stationary. Stationary, thank you. Yep. Um, and so, and then... Uh, and then again, they changed it to wax. Wax they found was a more dynamic medium. Shut up! It was a more dynamic medium, yes. um, and it, it had a warmer frequency to it. Uh, this caught Edison's attention eventually, and he would help. Uh, he would help kind of make the next stage. Most of this stuff, yeah. as, as you'll see in the history of sound development, sound design, and recording, is really just one-upsmanship. It's a fight between. That- it's been a fight between all these different people trying to one-up their previous inventions and then slapping right. patents on it, and then people creatively working across those patents to make something new. Right. Um, it's, I think that's how music has just kind of gone anyway. You I know, think that's probably how a lot of the world works, but in music, right. it's almost hilarious how many different people get their little slice in. Right. Like the, and, and because it was kind of the... Well, because patent law was fairly new, I think, probably in the late 1800s, Yeah, it, people were just very careful and creative with how they could work around what patents mm-hmm. meant. So it's kind of an interest, interesting time. Anyway, once we get past Alexander Graham Bell and Charles T., um, we get to, uh, again, Emil Berlinger returns and he makes another large change. He changes the wax cylinders to, uh, discs, right? Yep. We finally get to discs, uh, which essentially that was made out of lamp black on metal. Lamp black is a mixture of like, it was like soot and some sort of paints on metal. Oh, it's like a super early form of the shellac. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Essentially this was the old shellac record. Yep. Um, this is one of those things. See, this is why these, thing, these things are, are magic to me. Because while I can understand the fundamentals of what's happening here, I don't understand the thought process that led to these developments, right? Because they just seem way out there. For example, uh, we recorded this stuff on this lamp black on metal discs, right? right? We'd take the stylus, the needle, we'd drag it across according to the waveform or whatever, yep. and uh, it would make these grooves, but they weren't etching deep enough to have any sort of staying power and have the dyna- dynamism dynamics the wow. dynamics diamondism is a word uh, that that was necessary and so what did they do they're like i'll just soak that in acid bro like, <laughs> why do you have acid laying why do you around have acid at home that's literally what they did they took these records once they were freshly are you aj holmes you're trying to dissolve bodies <laughs> they're, they're like yeah no i'll just run some acid in the tub it's like oh yeah cr- cool and, and mom, they, can i take a bath i'm going in Timmy, oh, I think uh, I put I'm the acid in. I'm gonna go in now, Mom. Oh, Timmy, don't do no! it! Oh God! It's oh God, my feet are gone. <laughs> it's just flesh, just uh, in the Aww. anyway. Things just were around like a fire hose that's been turned on. Horrible back then. Oh, it was Timmy bad. died. He got gangrene and he died. No music producers had children past five. 
They were all melted. Because of the dangerous bathtubs. <laughs> Fun fact that you'll never find on the internet. They were yeah, later most used music makers for, had no children for because, chemicals. Yeah. Because of their acid baths. Um. Anyway, they would they would soak these discs in acid baths because the grooves that they would make would deepen due to the acid. Fascinating, right. but just weird. Just mm-hmm. yeah. bizarre to me. So. Um, and then we would get into the, the, the production method to mass produce from that point on is actually fairly similar to how we do things now with shellac records. And well, what we don't use shellac now we use, we don't use shellac. We use vinyl, which is essentially plastic, which is much, 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 much more durable. Right. Right. So, but essentially what I'm trying to get at is that we'd create a positive record, right? We'd create the original record. Then we'd create, we press a, re- a negative off of that onto a metal durable record. Yep. Then for mass production, you would press shellac or this soot combo thing or yes. eventually plastic right? Um, yep. to make the more mass-produced positive versions of the record. right? And that's what ne- went out to negative. the public. Yes. And that's what went out to the public. Not right away, though, because once we started standardizing this process back then, uh, there were uh, several tests that, we, that had to go through because records were inherently brittle at this point in time. So right. they were really worried that once these records get into circulation, they wouldn't have any... They wouldn't be able to play because they would be worn out. And so they had right. standardization put in place, uh, such things as the record would have to be played in house 50 times before it even went out into circulation. Stuff like that. Yep. It's, it's actually quite fascinating. Look up, uh, I'll, I'll leave you the websites at the end of this episode because it is really an interesting time. Um, and I, I, again, I find it to be magic. Anyway, um, the interesting thing about records is that we tend to look at musical history, we tend to look at artists as cultural like icons that kind of speak to where culture's at and what people like and stuff like that. Right, but yeah. when I look at the history of recording, I don't actually think that that's necessarily true. What I see when I look at recording sound is that the devices and the limitations of these devices actually influences how people make music versus the other way around. Well, right, and yeah. I know that like that might make sense to a lot of you, but I never thought about it that way because I'm stupid. So, <laughs> um, but that's how it was. The low folks. fidelity and the low volume of these records sat around 250 hertz to 2500 hertz. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Like, <laughs> like the human range of hearing, what is it? it, 20 it to- we're at 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. It's a lot more. It's a lot uh, more. It was 250 to two, uh, 250 2,500. 250 to uh, I believe the mid-range that, if you're sitting in your car right now, okay, go to the EQ on your, uh, if you're not driving, but go to the EQ <laughs> on your radio, and you, you, <laughs> you see, cracked a cold one, don't be you in your cracked car. a cold one, make sure you're driving, because that's the only way to make driving fun. Um, oh but go we, do not, we do not endorse drinking and driving, I feel like I have to say that. Yeah. Go to the equalization section, turn down the mids, okay? That mid section is 5,000 hertz, Okay. That's what makes your car sound like crap. And so that's why I always mix mine out. Um, but that's like the, f- the frequency that people mix out. Anything below that, that's what you're actually hearing. Mm-hmm. But that's why you were saying earlier about the brass and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It kind of influenced how people could produce music because everything... I just assume that people really like brass back then. Like when I'm looking at old right. recordings, I just assume that that was just where we were. Sure. Turns out, go, oh, that's, yeah. that's the only thing we could capture. That's what it is. It's not that there was probably a v- much more variety of music back then. Well, well we like had, Robbie I mean, Johnson playing blues guitar and stuff like that. Right. And yeah. Right. But I mean, like the fact of the matter is that for the longest time, we couldn't capture anything more than brass. I mean, the the bands, th- this, this technology favored horns, brass, coronets. I mean, we couldn't even have like a bass drum on these things. They used blocks of would like that's just how it was you need those high frequencies yeah to go because through. Yeah. exactly that was the only way so uh, it's actually kind of funny though how they worked around it right because like a studio back then what they had is uh, this gigantic horn to capture the sound of the whole band 
that led to the diaphragm and stylus that led to the record or whatever to, to carve in the engraving. Yeah. But they had this big old horn. So when you look at old pictures, you see these bands squished together yeah. as tight as they it's could It's like be. a family picture with a mom that's like neurotic about getting everybody together. Yeah. Kids that hate yeah. each other. Yeah. And except the kids are carrying like tubas and yes. like brass and all this stuff. And they all look miserable. They're all sweaty. Like any, they, any family that forces their kids <laughs> to play bluegrass, any of those pictures that looked like that. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they were all squished together, uh, and they again. I already said they they were primarily brass blocks of wood for the bass drum and stuff like that. Um, and they all looked miserable, and and rarely were the recordings anything anything representative of the recording session. It was just it just wasn't there. It was like sound and something to listen to in your there. house, right? Um, yeah. But what what I found particularly humorous was how vocals worked on these things because okay. it's it's really funny because. Okay dynamic for vocalists is always hard in a brass band. Right. Um, yeah, and when you're doing recordings like this, it's really kind of funny. Uh, it, it was all about positioning, right? Really? So if you wanted to be, well, first of all, everyone's always playing as loud as they can. Like the okay. piano, the piano player was told to just bang on his keys. <laughs> like, oh, you just... <laughs> again, I don't know why this is all happening in, in Ohio or America or something. And I, I'm thinking Russian accents, but you only play forte. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Either you play piano hard or the I will have the piano play you. Uh, it, it reminds me of uh, did, uh, did you guys ever watch Tom and Jerry? Yes. When you were kids? Yes. Okay. So you know when like the older episodes where Tom would like play in like various bands when he would play the piano or yes. Jerry would and it was always like goosh, 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 yeah. and goosh, the keys goosh. would go up yeah, in a wave would just fly. Yeah. That's what I picture. It's just like Thomas like <laughs> Taintwood or whatever playing in the back. <laughs> Thomas Taintwood playing piano in the back and just banging on the keys like it's like he's That's beating probably, his child. I or mean, something. I'm, I'm trying to think of like when I'm in a band and how important it is to be like dynamic and you practice this music with each other and right. you're, you're like, oh, I need you to be really quiet. Yeah, at this point. Live, like, it's a and different story. Then you get story. to the recording, they're like, dude, I need you to just pound that thing. And that's actually <laughs> Duke Ellington originated the headbanging, believe it or not. Hey, yeah, so there you go. Um. So anyway, everyone's always playing super loud, and then with vocalists. You had to be right up in the horn, like to shove Shut your head up in there for the forte vocals. <laughs> and if you want, <laughs> am I close enough? Am I close enough? I can't. I need my you chin. to get further into the horn. Somebody <laughs> grab him and shove him in. <laughs> that's actually really nice. The bomb it will create a nice resonance. <laughs> that's how that's how reverb was invented. <laughs> yeah. Um. If you were loud, you were right up to it. If they wanted you to be quieter, you had to position yourself further away. But from you the had horn. to sing just as loud. But you had to sing just as loud and which so is they, hard to do if you have to walk around so, <laughs> so you have this poor vocalist like just running around to all these places <laughs> early metals like you want me to scream because <laughs> they played metal back then of course, of course anyway yeah. um but inexperienced vocalist this is the funny part if, oh. that's, if that's not funny enough for you oh, the funny goodness. part is when you've got an inexperienced vocalist they didn't have time to teach people how to do this so they put them on trolleys you're kidding they put them on trolleys oh gosh and pulled them back and forth during how the do you recording. explain that like you're on a date yeah and you're like oh so so what do you do for well, well uh, ma'am uh, well i'll tell you I, I i say you know i wanted to be a musician didn't really work out but i'll tell you i got these really strong knees and really strong forearms so what i do is i grab vocalists on a car and i go ahead and go back forth back forth back forth quite loud quite loud I, I, I think I'm, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. No, I don't need it, sweetheart. I, I need yeah, prohibition is about to start. We got to break up. Wait, wait a minute. Uh, can I? I need to go. Oh no! Uh, shut up. up! Wait, you you tied my legs to a trolley. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I, I was about to make a joke about like, oh, I'm sorry. I just got a text that I need to go, and then I realized you're talking about the. 19th. Oh, I got a telegram that I need to leave. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, yeah, that'll happen. Nobody wants to caught Jimmy over here. Hey, where are you going to there? Oh, I'm trolley back here. There's this dude named George Taintwood. I just, I just, I can't. I gotta go. Chester Gooch. George Taintwood and Chester Gooch. Of the outhouse. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so back to the recording studio. Here's another interesting thing. So once we get, once you get past the hilarity that is the actual recording session, the other interesting thing about studios was, of course, this technology was not widely spread out. It wasn't emerging. It wasn't shared. You know what I mean? It was, it was just, well, I mean, it's just like, I keep having to remind myself how modern we are today. Like, if you're in a studio today and you have a certain sound you're chasing, yeah. chances are you can ask someone who has that sound how they do it, and they'll recommend a plug-in or a setting microphone or, or anything. Or, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's very sh- it, it's it's you're shared. Yeah. I almost said it's shorn, but that's not it's right. shored. People really shorn themselves, all right? Like sheep. Right. Like sheep. Uh, no, it was just, it was, it's a different time. Back then, studios were very secretive. Like, even the studio artists that were there recording, they were never shown the actual machine because everyone had their own sort of individualistic preferences. Maybe they right. spun their record a little bit faster. Maybe they dampen the horns vibrations with, with vomit or something or vomit. In yeah, our or case. like the, uh, the, the brass players would use plungers sometimes to get yeah. like either a softened effect or they would get the, yeah. and that's all they did when they figured out they can make that noise. Yeah, exactly. That's it how the brass for the wah pedal was invented in emulation <laughs> of that actually. And that's not me trying to be funny. That's just a true fact. Um, but it was, it's really quite fascinating. Uh, your craft was, 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 really guarded your machines were very guarded your apparatus was concealed um because you didn't want people to know how you were getting your specific sound and right. obviously there weren't that many players back then in this game so your sound was kind of was your brand was your way of life um just a fascinating time and, and very interesting to see how all that changes and it was course, the same up until the 70s too a lot of people would guard their mm-hmm. their secrets mm-hmm yeah, it's very it's very interesting. Um, as far as analog recording or uh, recording to to shellac and records and vinyl and that sort of stuff, th- we kind of uh, well th- at that point in time, this is about the 1920s. Um, the microphone was introduced. Okay. Um, and this is kind of where the story ends because that has its own whole history wrapped in on itself. Right, which how is... the microphone has has been devised. But essentially, yeah. we were doing analog recordings. We had people coming into studios, and we were getting these kind of subpar recordings. Well, then the microphone was developed along with this PA system, and people were like, "Holy crap! Yep. You can like capture a voice with high fidelity, replicate it, amplify it, and send it out." Like, and, it, and granted, most microphone stuff was just recording voices at the time, but it wasn't long before. Um, someone co-opted the microphone alongside the diaphragm and the uh, needle and started creating records based on microphone signals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that changed the whole game. That made way, I mean, essentially, like, I mean, aside from the jump to digital, right, uh, that created will... really the whole vinyl uh, dogma that is, or the vinyl uh, workflow, essentially. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So uh, that really hasn't changed. The only thing that has changed is now we go analog to digital to analog. But right, which is it, it's tech. I mean, it's it, it is there's analog, more than that, but but it's it's like it's kind of like okay, so you remember the the Nesquik cereal when you were a little kid? No, Nesquik, they used to make cereal, they, they yeah, had like, I think I'm like, talking about like Cocoa Puffs, but they were smaller and it was awesome. But it's like, I guess that's not the best representation, but it's essentially like if you were a little kid, right, and you had something that you loved and then it got discontinued and then they made it again and you tried it and it was just not as good. Yep, I've been that, there. That's what like analog to digital to analog is. But then when you keep it all analog, it still sounds better. Okay. Because computers are cold. Just and learning sterile. our ways. Yeah. 
And then they will, uh, you know, eventually take us over and um, us over. eat us. And, you know, we were, we realized as we were researching this topic that there's a lot going on here. And so we didn't have a chance to talk about the history of the microphone and the story of the microphone. Oh, that's something in and yeah, of itself. So that is we'll a go huge. Yeah. On another day, another episode, we will talk about that. We'll but that. for now. But for now, this is kind of where the story of uh, the, at least the acoustic era uh, kind of wraps up because then we start getting into the electrical era, the magnetic era, and, and the digital era after that. And those eras right. are a lot smaller, actually. <laughs> I, I feel like those 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 eras are smaller in, well, in their, their yeah. time frame is actually... Like there were, there were, I feel like the acoustic frame was very large because all these people, their developments took like 10 years at a time or whatever. Right. It's getting the boulder moving, but now after that, it's pushing it down right. a mountainside, you know, right. and it just kind of steamrolls. And, and it I should have been able to say that easier, yeah. but uh, the liquor. So I am the liquor, Rand. I am the liquor. But that's all I have. Uh, yeah. You guys have anything to add for that one? No, I mean, get ready for part two because, yeah, I mean, I there's, there's, there's a lot that... There's a lot going on here. Oh, man, there's a there's lot. There's a lot. <laughs> it's all very, again... Uh, Look into it yourselves. Try and, you know, if you have a little spare time, like, do some YouTube searches on the history of sound recording. You'll find some fascinating videos. Again, I find all this stuff to be... I'm understanding it more now, but prior to actually digging in, it was all just magic to me. Um, some parts of this, the ingenuity behind the breakthroughs are just mind-boggling, and I cannot believe that people back in the 1800s had the know-how and the intellect and the fundamental grasp of physics to develop these things. Not that they were dumb. It's just that, you know, no, they were, not at uh, all. you know, still like blowing each other up. Yes. <laughs> right. And if, and if you are curious, uh, why, uh, why, uh, our first time point here is 1857 and it's in, in Paris, uh, at the time that was the American civil war. We were busy uh, killing ourselves. So, yes. <laughs> and there's not a lot of time for, uh, music development when you know, a house divided pain. cannot multiply. A house divided I think Abraham, cannot develop a recording we were, studio. We yes. were too busy playing the snare drum and the penny flute whistle. What a terrible job. You essentially oh are like, you're safe on the battlefield until someone's just really well, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, and they're just like, I, I, don't, I can't wrong, hear this anymore. I, yeah. I killed him. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> Aim you, for the flautist. You play a wrong note. <laughs> For the flautist. <laughs> they're all lined up. <laughs> they're like, make sure you aim when, uh, for the whites of their German? eyes. Why like, are they always oh German, God, Will someone please take out the flautist in the front? <laughs> my daddy says that if I play this for long enough, I'm going to get a good education. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> oh, the stars at night are dull and dim whenever they hang over Texas. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Was Texas a thing back then? Yeah, probably. No, they were not. No, it was not. It was not at all. We need actually. a bone up on uh, the revolutionary revolutionary with that was horrible gap of knowledge. Genghis Khan fought the Mongolians for the moon <laughs> alongside Napoleon, who was also riding a unicorn. I only can like imagine what middle school history must have been like for you. Uh, They're like, hey, just little James, and like just a lot of farting on those hard chairs, yeah. and then James being like, "We want you to develop a picture book of what you thought the Revolutionary War looks like," and then James just, is just like this blood-soaked battlefield with like aliens, Palladians, no, and just Luke, Russians and, Luke, and cyborgs. Luke Skywalker running pantsless <laughs> through a forest, and just um, if you want something fun to look up in, in the recording thing, by the way, check out Phil Spector. Or, no. Rich, no, not Richard Spector. Richard Speck. He's a killer. But Phil Spector, uh, for his wall of sound to get a better uh, understanding of that, because we will cover that in the next episode. And also his various domestic abuse cases. That's always fun. <laughs> Artistic Wee. people are just, uh, you they're, know. They're different. They feel the world I'm different. Differently. Anyway, um, I just want to quickly uh, credit the websites that I looked at, because I did draw a lot from these two websites in particular. Uh, the AHRC Research Center for the History of Analysis of Recorded Music. 
Um, and then the, I'm just going up here, soundrecordinghistory.net. Uh, both were extremely helpful websites in kind of dense material, um, but I, I use them quite liberally for this for this whole thing. Uh, this is kind of the end of this episode. We do have a second part coming up where we're going to talk about the electrical, magnetic, and digital eras. Uh, this has been Theory of the Universe. My name is Ben Rostomley. You can follow me at BD Rostom at Instagram. <laughs> I haven't burnt! I haven't burped yet! <laughs> I almost did! E.D. Uh, Rostom at Instagram. Uh, James? I'm at James Lundquist underscore all so you can get us at Theory OT Universe. I promise we'll start posting. Please don't leave us. Follow us there. We need your validation. Also, thank you to some people who have given us some nice feedback. Our friend Stan, thank you for that. As well as another iTunes uh, review that we got. Yeah, which thanks, I, Which I will... F- yes. yes. Thank you. I pay attention. All right, Allie, where are you at? I am at the Instagrams at a Kalert. And she's doing a ton of artwork lately. Yes. Uh, some really big projects in her immediate oh my future. God. Like projects as tall as I am. <laughs> Literally, actually. Yes. It's going to be really, you should check her out. It's really interesting. Um, I oh. wish I was an artist, but I'm too stupid. Yeah. So <laughs> Also, like our Facebook page. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the inflection of your voice. It may be like our Facebook page. <laughs> Confidence. I'm sorry. Like our Facebook page. Damn, because it's actually coming up here soon. We kind of want to do an episode where we kind of, we, where we talk about some of our favorite musical choices. And we also roast some of your favorite yeah, musical choices. Seriously. So why don't you comment uh, some of your comment stuff? Comment on your I like music it, I'll be nice to you, or I'll tear you a new butthole. Yeah. <laughs> or three. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know about the butthole. I, I, I don't know about the butt stuff, but please comment. <laughs> I know about the butt stuff. Please You're comment. Get 17. We will put a poll out. Um, please comment on what your out. favorite... Jeez. <laughs> comment on what your... I can't even talk. I'm so just befuddled by that. Yeah. Comment, uh, <laughs> tell us what your favorite music is. We're going to tell you next time what that music means or says about you. Oh, not right. next time. It's going to be, it's going to be a little bit in the future. It's going to be a little bit in the next future. Is the next part of the Right, recording. that's but true. I can do, I, I know how this works. In the future. <laughs> anyway, um, this has been Theory of the Universe. Thanks you. Thanks you. Thanks you. Thank you for listening. The beer won't drink itself. Hey, and you know what? Hang in there, everybody. <laughs> and have a great day. Or don't.